Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to uh, Talking Tourneys, episode number 15. I am your host, Sam Dimaccio, and with me, per usual, Dan. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. How about you? I am doing so well. Excited to talk about yet another professional wrestling tournament, but this episode, we have a very special guest, J.R. Goldberg. J.R., how you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, both of you guys. I really, really appreciate being on. Well, we are thankful to have you on, first and foremost. And usually it's me and Dan going back and forth, picking tournaments, figuring out, okay, what are we going to talk about this episode? And usually it's Dan picking something. I say, hey, why the heck did you pick this? (laughs) I get to hear that question towards you this week. You have chosen for us to watch... WWF's Survivor Series 1998 tournament, a deadly game. Now, JR, before JR answers, oh, yes. I'm going to say we had JR. We, we we put you on the list of potential guests before the podcast even started. I never thought you would have picked this. It wouldn't have been one of my guesses. So I'm interested to hear. Yeah, no, I mean, I so um, there were I guess I had like three picks that uh, that I would have considered um, or that I did consider. Um, I could have easily picked and talked about any number of Ted Petty invitationals. Um, I could have easily picked, uh, like one of the shitty ROH race to the top tournaments or, uh, even a survival of the fittest, but I think it would have been a race to the top for whatever reason. Uh, or this, this was the third thing that came to mind. And, I'm going to be honest. I, uh, I love this show. I think that in terms of, uh, single night storytelling, like a wrestling show, having a complete narrative, uh, it's one of the stronger entries that wrestling has in terms of like, a uh, your, 
the the world is changed after you after you stop watching it but everything that occurred before it makes sense and pays off in really interesting ways um there's somewhere to go afterwards so i mean i really love this show i think it's probably the high point of the sort of attitude era style booking and uh and so that's why i wanted to talk about it the show as well like you have been on the list and the show was on the list to do as well i mean it's in the intro yeah i believe yes you you call this out very early that, hey at some point i would like to do this tournament so now fun- fittingly this is like a swerve episode because we announced we were doing wwa inception sam was in the middle of watching it miscommunication i go gold jr Goldberg, let's do it this week immediately let's do it <laughs> And Sam goes, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I go, stop watching that, you know, almost Vince Russo nonsense and watch this direct Vince Russo nonsense. I was about to say, yeah. a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> maybe not. Let me quite. ask you a question. Why were you surprised I picked this? What did you guys think I was going to pick? I was thinking TPI or yeah. maybe a King of the Death match. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, we, uh, I mean, I would come back to do any number of TPIs because there's some really, really good TPIs. I mean, in terms of like overall match quality and stuff, there's a bunch of TPIs that are way better than this. <laughs> there's TPIs where I think there's single matches that have more runtime than this whole show. That uh, could be very, very. It's got to be close to true. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we we did two MAW uh, shows tournaments, and I think we shouted you out on both those shows because they felt like I don't know, they felt like JR Goldberg shows. We talked about Ian Rotten and Metlef about uh, Battle Arts. Fuck yeah, yeah. But that that was more of the line I was thinking. I don't associate you with Attitude Era WWF, but I mean, here we are. Yeah, I mean, this is a formative show for me. I mean, we all start somewhere, right? And uh, I mean, this was a, yeah, this was a big show for me too. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm 38 years old, right? And uh, so, like, this was happening right when I was getting into wrestling. Um, it 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 probably was like right before I was like seriously getting the bug in a way that was like unhealthy for my uh, the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I certainly remember this show. You know. See, I'm four years younger, but it's just about the same thing. And I was 10, I guess I would be. And mm-hmm. it was fourth grade. And my buddy Mike, his grandpa had a, a cable descrambler. And we got to be the guys to come in and describe this show on Monday morning. Nice. Because like no one, no one had, no one has watched Raw yet. So we get to come in and tell them. I mean, there is the internet, but like fourth graders aren't going on it. 11 p.m. at night or you know six in the morning that much so like we're we get to break it down for him and like explain the story and it was it was exciting it was a big big monday in my life that's awesome yeah this would be a big monday yeah. Uh, yeah because i mean it's overset again and again but like at least in you know suburbs of cleveland in 1998 like it was universal i would say 60 percent of my class or more was at least somewhat interested in professional wrestling yeah, it's insane. I, I mean, I tell the story all the time, and then we'll, we'll uh, so forgive me if I've told it on a podcast that 
whoever is listening has heard before. But uh, I started watching wrestling because the kids that were like cool in my high school watched wrestling and I wanted something to talk to them about. Um, and, you know, which is like laughable now, right? Like, it's so crazy. I sat next to in the fifth grade. I said I randomly got tickets to see a Raw at the uh, the Gundarina, and I sat next to the popular girl in my class. <laughs> and like, I was like, my mom was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what to do." Yeah, <laughs> that That's you don't have to worry about that in 20, 2023. You sure don't. No, absolutely not. Zero chance of that happening. Um, Should we get to the show? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's go through our lineup here. First and foremost, it is exceptionally 1998 day We have Mankind, Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane, Goldust, Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, sorry, uh, theoretically Triple H, Jeff Jarrett, Al Snow, X-Pac, William Regal, Steve Regal, and a big boss man. All the stars are here. What were you going to say? Oh, and a mystery. Oh, no, because Triple H gets, uh, yeah, the the mystery opponent is because Triple H is not there, right? Yes, correct, correct, correct. Okay. Um, So, yes, we we will discuss that in a little bit, but Triple H... Well, he he made the final cut, never actually shows up on the show that we're about to discuss. But by and large, does anyone know why? I don't remember why at all. He, he's injured, I think. He was never going to oh. be a, a McMahon like giving McCann, mankind a favor thing. <clears throat> like he's going to fix Triple H. I think he just had knee surgery or, or something. I don't know what he had. We'll get into this, and uh, you know, you'll you guys will have to forgive me. Uh, one thing that I'm not good at as a wrestling fan is like timetable stuff. So there's like a ton of stuff that I I remember, but I have no idea what order it occurs in. Um, so like Triple H being injured for this is something I have zero memory of whatsoever. But yeah, it's happened more than once. You're all, we're good. Sure, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything essentially pre. Ass man winning King of the Ring. Uh, my memory sh- does not exist. It's all fuzz. <laughs> so that, that's my formative tournament there. Uh, so we'll have to add that to the list. Yes. Oh, I would do that show in a heartbeat. <laughs> or the Ken Shamrock King of the Ring. I like that one too. Yeah, I remember I made my parents fork over money for that show, and it was yeah. oh my gosh, not the wisest use of use of funds. It was simultaneously my peak and also period of great decline. Let's get into it. The first round. First match up, we have Mankind versus a man that gets quite the introduction. Dwayne Gill. You may know him as Gilbert. And we kind of get a great intro here from Vince McMahon. Just running down accolades. And it's kind of teased that it's going to be Shawn Michaels, I believe. Not the case here, and I believe it was the not Tuscaloosa Chargers, but something oh. to that effect a high school or elementary school football program that he's the coach of. <laughs> it is just a deeply funny 
premise. Um, Ben, let get get us started here. What are your thoughts here as this so, match? I'd never made this connection until sort of the intro and Dwayne Gill coming out, but Dwayne Gill is like the the attitude era James Ellsworth, right? Like, <laughs> like Vince has a type that he loves, you know, and he loves these like weird little schlubby guys that like kind of look subhuman in some way. Uh, yes. and we'll, yeah. So you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, has just many different types of types, truly. Oh yeah. This, I never would have put two and two together as this being just, you know, just another one of Vince's guys. <laughs> Vince is a body guy, but like he also like yes. just weird little bodies. You this, know? Is a, this is a different kind of body. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he likes only, guys that look like thumbs, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like the only, yeah. the well, only man, uh, guy that Vince doesn't like is average. Mankind's in there, like, freshly shaven in an ill-fitting suit and still looks way more put together, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, get us started here, though. We got this. Yes, was, this was great. Suit. This is great. Uh, the, the McMahon is awesome in the intro with the WCW and over the top, just going on and on and on. And then uh, Mankind jumps him and hits double arm DDT and then just rolls him up in like a, a pinning combination and gets the win. I thought it was great. Gets us started with the story <laughs> that McMahon's the, or McMahon, uh, Mankind's the, the chosen champion from Vince McMahon. This suit is, it talks, it's just something else. JR, what do you got for us here? I would just say, and uh, you know, I guess to, to foreshadow some later events, on any normal show, this would be the shortest match by far. But it is not. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not quite. But it's a quick one. Um, yeah, but I mean, what? It's like 30 seconds, maybe? Yeah. Not even. Like, uh, yeah. I was hoping that Dwayne Gill would take a little bit more punishment. You know, that, uh, that uh, Foley would take some liberties with him, but he really doesn't. He just sort of rolls him up, you know? Yeah, like Mick's going to take some punishment later on in this tournament. Yeah. It would have been great for him to like just have one opportunity to give that to someone else for the, for the one time in his life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I think it's kind of, it's like one of the few sort of booking flaws to this match. Like, I would have given Mick like a little bit more shine, but I guess if you're going to do sort of a uh, you know, spoiler alert, double turn later. Maybe you don't want Mick to just rough some weird guy up, you know? I mean, there's also the thing that uh, Mick's the only one that actually works like a, a decent chunk of time in this show. Yeah, yeah. So it could be that he knows that he has another, you know, another couple longer matches to go. Sure. Longer quote, you know, quote unquote for this show. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fair point. We're going to keep moving here. Uh, after mankind, we're gonna have to. We got like thirty-five matches to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We've officially talked for longer than that match lasted. Next up, Jeff Jarrett versus Al Snow. Jr. Lead us off here. So my my note on this match, uh, I've got two. Um, one is there's a sign that says Jeff Jarrett, a man you hate to love to hate. <laughs> uh, 
I paused the show and thought about that sign for like five hours. <laughs> um, the the second note that I have is Al Snow is awful. Um, oh, that's my only I note. Think, yeah, okay. I said, I wrote, I think there was a time when I thought he was good, question mark. I was wrong and dumb. Um, the finish is fine here, um, but it's it's weird. There's like, they know sell a headshot, but I guess that's 1998, right? Concussions didn't exist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This match is a nothing burger, a complete nothing burger. Uh, probably the worst match on the show. And that's that's got some competition. I had a similar realization on, I think, the NWA title tournament. Where I was mm. like, oh no, I think I thought Al Snow was good at one point. I was about to say, Dan, we got to watch one ECW tournament with Al Snow. And then we can just properly proclaim Al Snow at no point in his life has ever been anything approaching a good wrestler. <laughs> like the idea of the finish is okay. Where like Snow grabs the guitar because Jared has the head, but then it ends up with like both of them get hit with heads head, but it's only a finish for Al Snow. Yes. It was, yeah. it was it's very strange. Head. Come on. I guess that makes sense. It doesn't hurt him. <laughs> He <laughs> doesn't have the proper he's like a, skill points. He's like a Samoan, head. yeah, <laughs> but only for the head. Yeah. And it's like immediate. It's like doesn't hurt snow, <laughs> ends Jarrett. Yeah, no, it's very bizarre. The the there's a lot of, um, to put it charitably, quirky finishes on this card. There's a lot of great finishes too, but there there's some there's some ones that maybe could have used a little workshopping. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. We'll keep we'll keep moving on here. No no reason to stay on on that one. Uh it sucked. <laughs> it, <laughs> we got Stone Cold versus Big Boss Man. Can I can I just say um that I think Stone Cold gets a huge pop here, and, and obviously, like later on the show, he gets uh, a big one. But like, I don't. I think he's. But I always remember Stone Cold being the most over guy during the Attitude Era on every single show he was on, right? And I don't think he's the most over guy here. Like he comes out a couple of times, and people are like, "Oh, all right, yeah, he's back." Memories of tricky thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's it doesn't feel like he is the end all be all in that way. Yeah, um, I mean, I think The Rock is more over. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah. I there's I don't know. There's some guys, but yeah, there there is a clear delineation though between the guys and everyone else <laughs> in this tournament. Like, oh, it, it feels yeah. palpable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's Stone Cold, The Rock some extent mankind honestly then i would say everyone else you could throw Undertaker yeah the only in there, but other I... one yeah so w- takers his own thing yeah. i get like takers always sort of as over as taker is yeah. um the only other one that likes uh and we can talk about him when he comes up here in a little bit but shamrock is like kind of a guy yeah. kind of a guy yeah he, he, yeah, he's I somewhere in the it. The, the middle there, uh, yeah. at least in comparison to Jeff Jarrett and Al Snow. 
Oh yeah, they're. Not oh bad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and even the next two folks we'll talk about after this one. But yep, this is a this is a crazy complaint in this show, and this movie match went like three minutes. This is way too long, right? <laughs> the, the The whole point is that <laughs> Big Boss Man gets the intentional DQ and beats him up with the nightstick. But it goes on for three minutes of like at first Big Boss Man is like I'm gonna work a match and he's like ah screw this. But then at the end McMahon acts like yes great this is all part of the plan. <laughs> well the funny thing is all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the kayfabe reason. Uh, okay. One uh, I like the idea that like Boss Man is confident enough in his own abilities to be like I don't know maybe I can beat him and if I feel like I'm gonna lose then then I'll just get DQ'd. You know, and beat him up. But I could see Vince being like, I don't know, if you get a chance to pin him, you know, try it, I guess. Then we're then we're really in great shape, you know. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Um the the other thing that I want to talk about for Big Boss Man is like his entire not gimmick, but like a part of his gimmick at this time was you knew he was gonna lose, but he was gonna like beat you up. At the same time, and they don't really the WWE like that was an archetype they had for a while, and they don't really have those guys anymore. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to come up with an example. I don't have one. Um, like it'd be like it'd be like if Sheamus lost every match and was a heel or something like that. But like he doesn't. He just you know gets fifty fifty booked, but. Uh, Bossman has this thing where he looks great in this run, but like he never got like a big singles match. But he looks—I mean, not that he was a great match, but like he's in great shape. He is in great shape. Yeah, compared to like looks, the Hogan yeah. run. Yeah, I mean, I guess he gets the he gets the like lifetime achievement Big Show title feud, right? Yeah, that's true. I forgot yeah. about that. Where is that the same feud where he's like Big Show's riding on his father's uh, casket or something correct yeah okay that was big show's first feud after winning the title what an inspiring championship run (laughs) yeah i have nothing i have nothing personally to say about this match it feels again no it was yours we're just we're moving we're just grooving yeah keep going and hey i'm with dan i'm not sure why we did a whole rigmarole Get, maybe he's like, hey, maybe I'll just win it. Maybe I'll just w- fuck it. I'll just win it. And then- you know, I kind of agree with JR. I was thinking back. I wrestled in high school. There were times where I was confident going in, and then like I knew within like five seconds, like, oh, okay. That's not the game plan. <laughs> That's not the game plan. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go to plan B on this. Yeah. yeah, like if I had a nightstick, things might have been different. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in, in football, you're going one-on-one. You know, I can block them. You know, I'm just going <laughs> at their knees, and they're going to hope to goodness that they don't just knee me right in the face. Um, but yeah, there we go. Big Boss Man versus Stone Cold. The story is in full motion. Steve Austin. Moving on. Workman. Steve Regal versus X-Pac. Dan, what are your thoughts here? I was disappointed about this one. Um, I like both these guys. Uh, this is during the real man's man era of Regal, which is so weird, but really funny uh, entrance music. 
And this was just, it's like eight minutes long and it just feels even longer. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get a whole lot out of this. I mean, the, the finish is maybe the outside of the snow Jarrett match, the worst finish on the show. The tag it, finish it might be is worse also terrible. Hold on. There's what, like, it's also terrible. The, the, the tag schmaz oh, later in the show. Yeah. 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 It's a terrible finish too. I, I'm going to pause it a theory that they devoted so much time to the finishes of all the rock matches that they let the wrestlers try and figure out finishes themselves for the matches that didn't matter at all. I love it. It vibes. Um, they were, they were like, yeah, I don't know. X-Pac Regal. It, it literally doesn't matter. You guys work it out. Who cares? Like, I mean, in this one, it truly doesn't matter <laughs> in, in any meaningful way. Right, um, but the finish is awful. It makes no sense. It it feels as though people weren't even like people there didn't know what was going on. Like that Vince didn't know what the finish was supposed to be. You know, he's out there. He's like, okay, someone was supposed to win this. Yeah, let me retroactively get involved. To figure <laughs> out how we redo this. And Xbox is like, my ass hurts. I'm out. This is also. Yeah, did I, I mean the one thing that I'll say, and I don't know if uh, I just don't remember X Pac working like this, or if it was only against Regal, but um, like I feel like X Pac kind of lays it in in the beginning portions of this match, you know, and uh, and is hitting pretty hard. Was X Pac like secretly a real shooter, and we just didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't pay attention to that at any time? Yeah, that's the trick. That's the trick. Uh, I I do not know. I feel like the answer yeah. is probably not, but boy, <laughs> it would have been what a dream scenario. What a dream scenario. I don't know. I hate it because it's eight minutes, which is long in the show and guys I like, and I feel like I should have more thoughts and it's just really there. Oh yeah. No, it's, there's, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, there's I no just, structure. Yeah. I watched a match with Alex Pac and Kevin Nash versus beer money yesterday, a real shining example of, Hey, John Waltman, 2010, super worker. I don't know how John Waltman in 1998 is not busting his ass against William Regal. Very sad. I was like, how is this absolute fucking atrocity of a match that's happening in 2010? Kevin Nash, clearly not there to have a... It's only there for the payday. And beer money, just not giving a shit, it seems like. Looking like the best person in the match. And then against... Regal, this should be two all timers, and it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the amount of effort is put into this is uh, matches up with their status in this tournament, which is yeah, zilch. One hundred percent agree. Oh, bummer, but yeah, no one moves on here. Very just funny finish with Vincent and Outslar to. Restart the match, give it overtime, and Waltman X Pac just walk into the back, going, "Not today." And the draw stands. Which you would think it would be a win for Regal, but they just nope. If They're you like, don't oh, get no. in the ring again, you can't do it. I don't know. There's rules. There's important rules here. This man just can't do whatever he wants. That's yeah. not how this yeah. works. <laughs> Clearly, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> 
Uh, next up, Ken Shamrock versus Goldust. JR, do you want to lead us off here? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, oh, I guess I want to say a couple of things. Um, I want to say that I took zero notes on this match. Perfect. Um, but I do remember, uh, Goldust, uh, hits a drop toe hold. And like for a split second on this match, it almost looks like they're like shooting on each other like it looks very uh very like real sports like they're they're laying it in and they're hitting pretty hard and um, they're not exactly being cooperative uh and and then it's like uh you know over with an ankle lock pretty shortly thereafter i think catch shamrocks hurricane rana whips ass yeah i mean i will also say (laughs) I think good. Ken Shamrock does totally whip ass. <laughs> um, man, what a legend. I was really into Shamrock uh, when I was 14 years old. Um, and uh, I remember very distinctly, like maybe a year and a half after this or something like that, um, getting in an argument with a kid because he was saying that no one in WWF could beat Goldberg. And I said that Ken Shamrock could be Goldberg. <laughs> I love that. I think that match yeah. should still happen. I think that, I mean, if that match happened right now, you know that Segunda Kaida would list it as uh, one of the match of the year candidates. <laughs> it would be six and a half minutes, <laughs> and it would be awesome. It still boggles my mind that Shamrock is not someone that necessarily shies away from pro wrestling. Despite, you know, having a full on career in mixed martial arts with mixed martial arts, MMA actually being quote unquote respectable sport uh, now, more so than at least it felt back in 1998. But all right, Shamrock wins. Dan. I uh, felt like I cut you off. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I was just say I I like this a lot actually. I mean, it was for what it was. Uh, but I really like Shamrock's countering of the power bomb, where he just punches Goldust and Goldust just falls and he just stays sitting right on top of his neck, punching him in the face. <laughs> um, my only thing is, I again, this is like maybe it made more sense if you're watching the Attitude Era, but like, did referees regularly jump in front of the Shattered Dreams? It was an illegal like, move. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it seems like a crazy decision for a referee to make. <laughs> and I, feel like- I remember him hitting Shattered Dreams a lot. So does that mean every other match he was getting the referee out of the way? Maybe he was. I don't know. But yeah, I, don't know. I, I feel like it, both, it, it happened occasionally. But yeah, yeah he okay. hit it all the time. Yeah. Right. yeah, There are lots of spots in pro wrestling, especially it feels like from, I don't know, 1995 to 2005. That involved just having the referee look away for three seconds, five seconds, for no foreseen foreseeable reason. So someone I mean, in the crowd called their name. I would say that uh, that like a good sixty percent of the Rock's offense during this time period is him punching a guy or kicking a guy in the balls. Oh yeah, that's but yeah. Shamrock Shamrock rules. So Shamrock rules. Cool. Yeah. Shamrock rules. Goldust also rules. An yes. all-timer. Both oh, yeah. Them. We... <laughs> another all-timer I mean, match le- appeared. Legitimately, 
in a in a tournament in a single night tournament with like you know two of the four biggest draws in wrestling history and a ton of like clear first ballot hall of famers Goldust is probably still the best in-ring worker on this show. Yeah, probably. <sighs> it's 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 up. I mean, it's like him or Regal. Yeah, it's him or Regal, and I'm I'm a all an admitted low man on Regal. So, okay. uh, but yeah, it's him. It's him or Regal, right? Or depending on how much you like, really love Austin, like Austin, you can, yeah, uh, yeah, probably make a case. But I know some Austin uh, groups. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just watched that the ninety two G one climax, so I'm not high on Austin right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your determining factor on Stone Cold Steve Austin. It, that Arn Anderson match was real, was a real letdown. Yeah, that put that's him down the one. On I'll do it. It's damning. Jesus. All right, keeping All this right. train on the tracks. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Well, still still in the first round. <laughs> first round. Uh, it is the Rock. Versus not Triple H, who is not here. Gerald Briscoe comes to the ring. So he's going to find Triple H. He's going to really put him through the ringer here for not showing up. As Dan may have mentioned earlier. Probably injured at this time. Pat Patterson, you know what? Man of the people. Not going to have this match be a forfeit. Bringing out Big Boss Man one more time. Here we go. Dan, just talk about all the rip roaring action in this one. All right, yeah. If you guys could just, if you guys could sit back for a little bit, I want to talk about this. Um, (laughs) I mean, this this is great, and it works for the story, and it's a good roll up, and this is four seconds long, and it's great. There we go. Jr. With any hot takes on quickest small package possible, he's like, "No, I hated this." (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, I mean, I think that uh, this match is kind of genius, right? Because it works so perfectly in the moment uh, in that, like, The Rock is the biggest baby face on the show. He beats the most despicable heel on the show in four seconds when he's not prepared. The crowd goes bonkers. But when you watch the show with hindsight or you watch the show knowing what happens, it works perfectly as well with The Rock knowing he's in on it the whole time, you know? Uh, it just, it makes sense. It sets up the next match perfectly. Like, uh, you know, it makes Vince like not Vince, the not Vince Russo, certainly. And, uh, and not Vince as an actual booker, but it makes the Mr. McMahon character look like a genius in hindsight, you know? So I, it does everything that it's supposed to do 100% effectively. Yeah, I don't think there's anything right. more, <laughs> more to discuss yeah. here. Um, I just say at this point, like this show moves like I mean, I know the matches are short, but there's like no downtime between the matches. And I don't know if that's like the Peacock edit, if they took out a bunch of like 1-800 call ATT ads or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, no, I download it from a torrent. They go match to match in a lot of cases. Yeah, no, it's just like everything file. is like boom, boom, boom. Like, and it's a, it's like kind of a long show because there's a million short matches. But like, there's points where you see like people are walking to the back, and the next music for the next match is hitting. You know, 
Oh man, I know we've already talked about this, but Big Boss Man, total, total jabron. This entire show. Oh, total jabron. Yeah. Uh, now just talking about it and going through it line by line. You know what? One of the more most embarrassing people on the planet. Gotta just, <laughs> just having his undies just yanked up, head dunked in a toilet swirlies galore here. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we're gonna move on to the second round here. All right. Let's talk about it. First up, two men with a buy. I did not hear the reasoning why both of these individuals received a buy. Oh my god, Sam! You don't know the background of this whole show. <laughs> Fuck off! You uh, didn't live and die by this stuff. I'm furious. All right, sit back. Okay. <laughs> Explain Kane to me how versus Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. They both pin him same time. Stupid, but they do it. Well, obviously, there's no champion. That's not the way it works. Mr. Man says there is no champion. So then, I think a month later, they face each other for the title with Austin as a referee for some reason. They say, hey, Austin, you have to declare a winner or you're fired. He goes, okay, okay. He lets him wrestle for 25 minutes, stuns them both, gets fired. <laughs> there is no champion. month later, here we are. So like at this point, there's been no champion since like September or something like that. And somewhere in there, Stone Cold signs a new five-year contract. With Shane brings him back. Shane brings him back. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, like, it's really funny because these two guys are kind of integral to the whole idea of there being no title. And then during the show, they're just their own thing. They <laughs> may as well not matter. Uh, in the yeah, like, they scheme. really cancel each other out. There's no point in either of them being in it, which I guess is the whole point. They cancel each other out every time. Okay, now that we've gotten, you get delivered that to me. Thank you so much. I got I you. I feel like I grabbed bits and pieces of this, but th their involvement actually feels like it was stripped from my brain. Uh, other than that, I was like, okay, I, I get how Austin comes comes back and whatnot. But all right, Dan, then actually talk about the match for me here now. Like, okay. not good. What do you like about it? You said not good. Not good. No, not good at all. <laughs> Um, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> not good at all. And then <laughs> I remember this again. This is me thinking because I haven't watched this match in you know twenty years. I remember thinking this was better than the WrestleMania match. So how bad must that match have been? Wait, the Inferno one or or was that the Inferno one? WrestleMania before this? I thought it was just a straight up match. Oh, you might be right. I, can't, I don't know, I, but I remember yeah. thinking this was like a quicker version. Like that was like something I had in my head. And it's seven minutes, and it's slow. <laughs> so can I... I, I want to say a couple of things about this match, because it, it may be the worst match on the show. It also may be my favorite match on the show. <laughs> Impossible to tell. Um, so one thing that's hilarious about any Kane and Undertaker match is, like, they're fighting about, like, who killed their parents or whatever. But, like... They also do, like, rest holds and chain wrestling and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought about while watching this match is how how into the Kane Undertaker stuff I was at 14 and 15. And that made me think about how, like, 25 years from now, there's probably going to be someone with like ostensibly good taste in wrestling as a grown-up who is like you or I or anybody else 
that like really loves the Bray Wyatt Uncle Howdy stuff. Oh gosh. Right? I mean you're right, because like I was deep into the Paul Bearer lore. Like he went from Kane to Undertaker, then bringing them together, and now he's back with Undertaker. It's like this, like I lived and died by that stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's so stupid. Can you imagine? Like the the Reddit threads that would have occurred had Reddit existed when Kane and Undertaker lore was occurring, uh, and they did it without a director of lore somehow. Yeah, they did it without a director. How do you even of do lore. it except without Wikipedia? Yeah. You can't create a fandom dot wiki. What are we? What are we doing? Yeah. Oh man, the Firehouse Firefly Funhouse talk that's going to erupt in a decade from now. It's just so amazing that like Taker's like, oh yeah, I burnt our parents to the to their to the to a crisp. I'm gonna I'm gonna work the arm. That's how <laughs> I'm gonna approach this match. <laughs> I'm gonna do some hmm. shoulder jerks. <laughs> oh man. All I have The for- only thing I like is that I feel like normally in these matches, like it's not the same as like the later Taker, Triple H, Taker, Sean stuff, but like it did take a lot for Taker to put Kane down. Taker usually won, but like, he'd hit him with two, three tombstones. And this time, I think he just hits the one. It and does. then Paul Bear holds his legs down. So, like, okay, like, yeah. like, we don't have time. This is a tournament. The strongest man in the world, Paul Bear, holds <laughs> yeah. his legs down. When Percy Pringle <laughs> holds onto your legs, what are you going to do? I legitimately thought that uh, we were getting uh, a pallbearer turn, and that he was going to put Kane's leg on the on the rope because it's it's like a hundred percent under the bottom rope, right? Yes. Um, and uh, but then no, they just ignore it. Uh, <laughs> it matters when it matters; it doesn't when it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I only have two notes for this match. Just take your hitting the what I proclaim is the Booker T kick, not. Not the scissor kick, but the ripcord, reverse roundhouse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, which I blew my mind just in this gear. I was like, that's this man, so athletic, just pinnacle of performance. Also, after coming off the G1 climax, 1992 with you, Dan, I have to comment on Kane hitting the absolute worst, just complete dog shit power slam. <laughs> just one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't, that tournament sucks. It's got a lot of great power slams. It's the one thing it's got going for it. Kane just fucks it all up. <laughs> and that's all I got. Tager wins with the tombstone. There we go. The Paul Bearer not, I guess, cheating, um, or at least cheating in the worst way possible in a way that just really makes the referee look like I, I told dumb ass. Total, total dummy dumb. Uh, Paul Bear does have a pretty good promo later before the rock match, though. So, who can say if it's bad or not? Who, who can say? Who can say? Yeah. All right, moving on. We got just a couple of legends here. Mick Foley versus Al Snow. Dan. Yeah, I mean, this is terrible. Sorry. Yeah. No, JR, JR, go for it. Yeah, it's okay. It. Rip it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awful. I mean, it's like legitimately, I think I've said this is probably the worst match on the show by a, a, maybe about four matches so far. But this <laughs> this could be the worst match on the show. Two, I have Al Snow in both his matches 
like could easily be the. I mean, Al Snow is the least valuable wrestler of the tournament for sure. Yeah, we always talk. That's about a new award we got to add in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it needs a specialty for this one. Oh man, I don't know why this keeps happening. And the fit, the the whole big gimmick of this match is just bananas to me. <laughs> Where. Vince I mean, it's McMahon. an entire match to get over that Vince is mean, right? Yes. And he does it in the most just wild way possible <laughs> by wrapping Mr. Sacco around head. And I'm like, how did... I don't understand when he does it. Slash how it takes so long to get noticed. Also, why this? Why is this decision that we've made here? Well, because I guess like I, I didn't get it because the idea is it's to get Mick to beat Al Snow. He needs every, like, we, everything. We were get. worried about that result. I know they're buddies, but we're worried about that result. Yeah, with all the levers he has to pull, Big Boss Man getting just absolutely looking like a, a, a dumb shit one more time. Why not pull that? Why not pull that over the mental mind game? Of McFoley seeing that Al Snow had Mr. Sacco and just oh. losing it. Oh, I'm going to tell this story on on a show that's already going long. Um, Al Snow was uh, promoted for uh, like a shindy down the road for me here, and they did this cool thing where I, I guess it's like pretty common. And I love it is they advertise them, and then like a week beforehand, they just canceled on Snow. Like, sorry, man, the show just ain't happening. <laughs> But the show is still happening. They just didn't want to pay Al Snow. They just kept them on the posters. That rules. I love it. Al got really mad on Facebook. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And like the promoter tried to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, I got screenshots. The promoter's like, okay, blocked. <laughs> <laughs> he did not respond at all. He just blocked Al Snow. <laughs> I loved it. I love. Yeah. I still love that. Uh, that like one you shoot where. Uh, like they used to send in questions and someone sent in a question for Al Snow that was like, if, if you said the best wrestler of all time is the one that draws the most money or no, it was like, it was like, if the best matches are the ones that draw, is it safe to say you've never had a good match? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Well, this is, yes, this match is bad. Uh, so this is not one of the, the good ones. Um, all right. Anything else we want to add here? We have not talked much really about this match other than it not being good. But I think, you know, that takes it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's four minutes of not being good. But also it just covers it. very weird to me. It's like the whole bit is that Mick Floyd is going to get really mad about Mr. Sacco thing. And that doesn't really lead to the finish. Like it's another 30 seconds to a minute before we actually get the finale here. The Sacco. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. All right. Moving on. Next match. The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. A match I thought would be better. Dan, what are your thoughts? No, I, I loved it. I thought it was wow. great. Uh, I think, like we talked about earlier, both these guys are two of the more over guys on the show. Um, and I think that a lot of the Rock stuff doesn't hold up. I mean, not as much as I've rewatched and I thought he looked good in this match. Um, the, uh, uh, JR talked about earlier where so much of his offense is so heelish. Like he's over his baby face, but he's just such a dick. Like baby face rock is just a piece of shit. And 
he, he kicks Shamrock in the balls like at least twice. And then uh, he hits, let's see, what does he do? He goes for the rock bottom, but Shamrock gets out and that leads the, our buddy Big Boss Man coming out again. And tossing the nightstick, and the rock has like an all-time one-handed grab to intercept it, which we know now was on purpose. Like we know later will be on purpose, but like looks like desperation baby face grabs it with the tips of his fingers, clocks Shamrock gets the win. I thought this was great. I mean, the finish is one of the greatest finishes of all time. Uh it's it's so perfect. I love it. Um, I, they couldn't have planned for it to be that far away from the rock. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they had to have practiced it, you know? Yeah, because he would look like such an idiot if he doesn't catch it. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, like, and it's funny that they that they go for it this way because it could easily have been just as effective if it was thrown on the ground or something and the rock gets it first, I right? But... I mean, so clearly they're like, yeah, just like catch it out of midair or whatever, right? But um, I don't know. It, it's it's perfect. It works so well. Um, I think both these guys are over, as you were saying. I mean, Ken Shamrock, it, in a weird way, he like fills a role that they, again, has sort of gone away in WWE, where he's the intercontinental champion at this time, but like... He he, as Intercontinental Champion, is viewed as a danger to these world title contenders, you know? And, like, he probably loses to them, right? But they all take him seriously in some way, you know? And, uh, I mean, I guess that may be true now with Walter, right? Or Gunther. But, like, for, what, 20 years or something, I don't think they sort of had guys like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gunther. I was also shocked and it, it's weird. I, my, my note here is, uh, because I didn't remember, like, I thought it was a huge deal that Ken Shamrock kicked out of the people's elbow. Cause like, I don't remember anyone doing that. And then of course it happens like twice more on this show, but, uh, kind of funny. But, yeah. He kicks yeah, out of he, that. He gets like some believable near falls early on. I mean, he controls a lot of the match. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he uh, like, like it's not you something know, you would do with a, a Jeff Jarrett. Or, you know, I, I love know. him, but even a gold dust wouldn't control this match. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, uh, for sure. I mean, he gets the ankle lock on rock. I mean, it, people would have bought that as a finish, you know, um, like the ankle lock with boss man distraction type thing. You know, I mean, that, that would have been a plausible way to get the rock out of the tournament on a different night, you know? the same what'd you dislike about it oh i just i just found it boring i don't know what to tell you dan i just i maybe it's because i feel like the one of the wwe 2k games told me i was supposed to like this match that just made me too too petty against it to trust that buy-in this was an integral part to the rocks career story this specific match not the other ones this specific match uh, this was like, oh, this is the one. Like, oh, he's a worker. He can he can really wrestle. Um, so my expectations were like, okay, this is like a real good one. This is gonna knock my socks off. And it's just like, yeah, it's all right. No, you're you're not getting any of those tonight. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't what we're here for. That ain't what we're here for. That's not. Yeah, you're 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 shopping at the wrong store, my friend. No one's got their working boots on this. Yeah. No, but that grab, though, my goodness. It's it, what a snap. I mean, it, this match is purely memorable for this finish, right? Like that. The going into the show, the only thing I clearly remembered about this, aside from the end of like the very end of the show, was this specific finish. It's so good. Yeah. You, you couldn't plan it. Um, or slash like it had every opportunity to go wrong and make Rock look like a total dweeb. Yeah. Grab that brass ring. There we go. Moving on to our semifinals. First up, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mick Foley. JR. Where are we at? Oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the women's match. We we can. We can. <laughs> I, I did not watch the women's match. I will be fully transparent there. Dan, did you watch the women's match? No, I, I skipped it. Oh, yeah, we yeah. left you on the cold. On I the, skipped the, it the, the and I tried matches, to watch. I'm going to go ahead and, and jump ahead. I tried to watch the tag match later on, but I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to go to the final. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this whole show. Okay. Uh, so I'll give, I'll give commentary. Um, uh, it rules that Brock Lesnar is married to Sable. I think that's very funny. Um, uh, also, Sable's powerbomb, pretty good powerbomb. Wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. No, she, she sort of lays it in. I mean, uh, yeah, pretty good powerbomb. And I remember reading it like multiple times. I think she I think she was good. She hits a terrible TKO where she like basically lays Jacqueline down softly on the ground. <laughs> um, but then she really sort of like slams her around with the powerbomb. Uh, anyway, that's all that I want to say about that match. You know who's got really good punches? Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Get yeah. out. Yeah. Jim, what, what do you think about Steve Austin versus Mick Foley? Uh, I, I like Steve Austin. I like Stone Cold. I, uh, I like the brawling Stone Cold stuff more than I like the early career, like, quote unquote, you know, good Steve Austin stuff. Like, his WCW stuff never interested me as much as the like walk and brawl main event stuff that he did. Um, yeah, I think it's a great character. He's a great promo. I like Austin. Uh, now, you talked about the finish of the show and then the catch. The third moment, the thing that stuck out to me was the finish of this match. That was a moment that like was glued in my brain. What? Where uh, Stone Cold stunners him, stunners mankind out of his pants? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I I like this. I mean, this is probably like this is. I mean, not probably. This is the longest match on the show so far, right? I mean, yeah. by a lot. Um, this is uh, this has. Do you guys know that this is supposed to have more boss man? No. That the show with yes. all the boss man was supposed to have more boss man. The That's one why, time like, it may have been useful. Yeah, There's because that so much boss man terrible. It was show. supposed to be boss man with a nightstick. 
There's so much boss man on this show that I started making bullet club references in my notes here that like Vince, Shane, Mankind and boss man are, are basically just the original <laughs> bullet club. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy because he misses, he missed the spot because he's talking to Undertaker about his spot in the next match. <laughs> I'm like, that's not even his fault. Like why is, why is boss man on the show seven times? <laughs> um, I thought this is another thing where it's like I I like this match. Um, again, I probably it's probably the same with the Shamrock Rock match where I'm remembering the finish. I don't like the Briscoe chair shot, obviously, but the, the Shane McMahon turn was effective in the time, and it, it shocked me. But Shane brought Austin back, which I don't know how that works in the story. I can't remember, but whatever. He well, brought he brought exactly him back. What's I supposed loved, to be the, the case there? I loved Damn. him, and he flips the bird, and it's like, oh, you're not supposed um, to remember. Yeah, that's true. All I remember is that it hurt my feelings. I was exactly. I was devastated. That's that's the booking, baby. You're not I mean, they, probably, they probably have what? They probably have an easy five televised matches better than this. Oh yeah. I oh god, yeah. I mean they have like the best match in WWE history for until like recently, right? I, I mean like the dude love Austin match. The, yeah. So good. Um but yeah, no, they're they're this this is a nothing match compared to some of them. Uh, I do want to point out that like Jim Ross on commentary a couple of times before this match talks about how mankind uh, is in a tuxedo that Vince has rented for him. But then uh, I just I like I really want to make it clear that like when he takes off his jacket in this match. He's wearing a short sleeve buttoned up shirt. What kind of rented tuxedo comes with a short sleeve button up? Yeah, he is he is hundred percent just wearing his gear under this this jacket and pants. Oh yeah. hundred percent. We see that. We see where the pants come off. Hey. Yeah. It's just the tights there, guys. Um I also found it funny. Regal also wore his just standard gear underneath all the man's man stuff, which always made me laugh. Yeah, that's very funny. That's very funny. Uh, but yeah, this is all about the booking, all about the finish, all about Vince getting out of his wheelchair, all about Shane coming to finish this match off, not counting the Austin pin, flipping mm-hmm. the birds, as it were. The double birds. That's yeah. the classic. Classic crowds going bananas for everything. Then Bossman doesn't come out. So um Briscoe and Sarge kind of pivot and do one of the weakest chair shots you ever did see. One of the worst chair shots ever. <laughs> In an era where they're all killing each other. Oh yeah. Yeah, mankind's gonna undo some of the, the bad will that happens via that one. Uh, in just a little bit, but yeah, that chair shot that he takes, like the where Rock does like the Ian Rotten batter swing chair shot to mankind, it's yeah. like one of the grossest <laughs> chair shots of all time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, Austin, he's out. Get him out of here, Gonzo's. He, he chases after Vince and the Stooges at the end. They, they run away. A guy. Just yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is some poor bastard in a Ford Explorer. Yeah. Oh, man. You got to cut that off right at the right time, though. 
that car chase because you, you're on there at five seconds too long. You're going to make Austin look like the worst dude just following traffic laws. <laughs> you can't have that if you're in a high speed chase and you're floor uh, following the SUV. All right. We move on to The Rock versus The Undertaker. I This match is not ingrained into my brain or my notes. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Dan, what do you got for me? What like the Austin like not Austin Rock and Taker like huge stars, and they just never mesh. Like there's no great in my opinion. I don't have any great Rock Taker memories. Like no, I, I also even like outside I, of moments. I find this match like totally inoffensive. Like it's it it's fine compared to a lot of stuff that's on this show. Um. I hate yeah, this match, I mean, this show more than any other. I feel like we just cut right to the finish because it's all just about the booking. But <laughs> in the end, Kane comes down and choke slams the rock. And I have the issue with the head earlier where he's like so mad at Takers, like, I don't get you DQ'd. But he let him wrestle for eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that's like, I don't know. It's just so funny that he's like, oh, enough is enough. And this had a boss man run in for no real reason. Yeah. Man, Taker stop. Taker stops him pretty easily. I mean, boss man just comes out. And then just like chills. <laughs> I do love how the finish is essentially how I would play SmackDown versus Raw. When I just like <laughs> needed my one guy to win. It's like, okay, we'll DQ him. We'll get the. Between, that's how we'll do it. <laughs> between Rock, Taker, Kane, Bearer, and Bossman, there was a lot of people standing around at different points. Oh, there's a match. lot of standing around. Yeah. Um, I'll also like I'll I love when they make Kane, who's like a monster that grew up in a basement. They're like, you know how I'm gonna get back at, at my brother whose parents <laughs> I killed? I'm gonna get him disqualified in this match. I certainly won't beat him up. No, 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 no. I'm gonna sit in the back, yeah. wait until he's out the first match. I'm gonna wait pick for it to my go a little spot. bit, and then I got yeah. him. This Very. is the one rock match that like doesn't have uh, like the cleanest finish that makes sense in the larger narrative. Well, that, I, that's because the rock is not in control of his destiny here. He's not sure. making the moves to one make the finish work as just a, in the microcosm of this one match slash also in this greater story. It feels like in the other matches, he gets to lead the way of you know what, I'm the rock, and my charisma and natural ability will figure out a way to make this click when we get to the end of this. Unfortunately, Undertaker versus Kane is just too powerful a force. <laughs> right. I want to hear. I want to hear what. Uh, I want to hear what Jr. thought of this tag. Yes, match. absolutely. Please. Oh yeah, no, I watched the whole thing. This tag match is pretty good, actually. Um, really? So, I mean, no, but like, oh. I kind of. Uh, so there's a few things that I want to comment on. One, as Mark Henry and D'Lo are coming out, um, they make mention of an angle that I have no memory of, which is China suing Mark Henry for sexual harassment. 
No, do I do either remember. of you remember this? I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, no memory of that. Uh, I guess Mark Henry is canceled. Um, uh, also, Mark Henry, pretty awesome in this match. Moves around great. Drops an awesome leg drop. I know we talk about Mark Henry like later being really good, but maybe he was just always really good and we didn't know about it. A um, couple other notes. Uh, road dog bumps like a little freak here. Uh, and I was shocked because I just remember him doing shtick all the time. But uh, but he does some like really weird, completely unnecessary floor bumps and stuff. Um, uh, Jim Ross gets exceptionally passive aggressive and bitchy about the officiating not being consistent, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Like you can tell it's bothering him so much. Um, and then the finish here is truly terrible. I can't even describe it. It's so bad that I rewound to watch it again to try and figure out how they messed it up. And I still couldn't figure out what went wrong. Like I said, I skipped it. I started watching it. I skipped it. I'm trying to find the finish now. Did Billy Gunn use the pile driver? Is that a thing he did? Uh, no. Oh, so okay. like, This is wrong. I just pulled up the first review on Google. Yeah, I mean, that oh, could man. be what happened. So, like, that may be what happens, actually. So, like, the, the, it's really, really odd. Like, there's there's Mark Henry has a visual pin, but then, like, he sort of just gets up for unclear reasons and then stands around while Billy Gunn hits a move on somebody and then gets a pin. And then they all sort of look huffy with each other, you know? <laughs> it looks like uh, all right here's a good description it looks like the finish of like uh an eight woman match that natty neidhart was involved in you know <laughs> just like pick any finish with natty where she like clearly gets completely lost and no one knows how to cover for it that's what the finish of this looks like all right there we go that was Oh, Ew. also the headbangers are in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're around. Yeah. All right. Were they on to the final? I, I just watched wrestling with shadows for the first time in my life. Oh. Um, were the headbangers around just to be babysitters for wrestlers' children? <laughs> because that's the, oh, there's a distinct memory is that Brett just sent his kid to go. Yo, hey, go hang out with with that guy over there. And I was like, is this the only reason? wasn't because of his wrestling ability not not look like a tough guy doesn't look like he's there because he can kick some real butt either one of them are they just wf's daycare system that could be could be food for thought food for thought i'm gonna i'm just i i won't make any jokes uh but certainly wwf at various points in history have had way worse daycare systems you know what (laughs) you know what (laughs) the rock versus mankind uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jr. We got a lot going on here. Yeah. What are just like what are the thoughts here going into this one? Uh, yeah. All right. So I've got a few like really weird thoughts. Uh, one is like an overarching thing on this show. 
because it happens in the rock undertaker too and then it happens here but no one on this show knows how to bump into the barrier like they all do it like really slowly and carefully it's like they're like parallel parking um Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe they're too tall and they don't want to just like throw themselves into it or something. But like everybody now just like, you know, eats it. Yeah, but, it, it feels like still somehow in 1998, it was somewhat new, the barriers yeah. in this way. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's not steel barricades. It's a whole different setup here. How do we interact yes. with that? I agree. Uh, I wrote that Shane and Vince in this match have such a uh, have like a very very uh, Trump and Don Jr. vibe. Um, I also wrote that I think The Rock is really great throughout the whole thing. Um, like a, a lesser, less confident performer would have like really played up the babyface stuff, you know, to make it pay off, and it would have felt like out of character, you know. Um, the rock just plays himself and it works because his baby face character is kind of a dick, right? Um, I think he did a really good job. Foley too is really, really good. Um, I mean, the rock is so over that Sako gets booed, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think Mick is doing a lot of work to bump his ass off and do his, just hit his thing. Like this is so oh, yeah. I mean he bumps like a fucking loon. I mean he even like there's stuff where theoretically he's doing offense and you can tell he gets the worst of it, you know? Yeah, there's specifically a lay drop on the announcer table that just yeah. he oh, absolutely that. hit through the game. He gap. eats it. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Dwayne, what are you doing? Why are you letting him just do this? And then it's Max in the head with a chair. Um, oh, yeah. The, the Ian Rod swing, as well as pretty much every subsequent blow that would be rained down there. Now, it's been a long time since I watched the uh, I Quit match, but that's like the famous, you know, Rock hits him 48 times or how many times he hits him with a chair and how gross it is. This was yeah. really gross. Yeah. This was really the, gross. This was already uncalled for. So, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I have no want to rewatch that match, but I'm like, if it was worse than this, oh, Lord. The other ones are really bad, and they're they're way they're worse because uh, Foley is handcuffed that whole time. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, like handcuffed during that, he's bumping in really weird ways, and you can tell he just like isn't all there. You know, like in this one, he doesn't protect his head, but he sort of at least protects his body in some way. You know. Yeah, um, I, I like this from the second they go outside, which is a lot of Attitude Era, you know, main events. That's correct. I agree. 100%. Like all everything up until the point they go outside is kind of like just fluff. Like it doesn't need to be there. It's nothing. And then they just, like you said, they beat the crap out of each other and it's awesome. And we talked, I've talked about and Jared talked about the rock being a dick. He's so aggressive on the outside and so aggressive in the brawl. And then um, I don't know if we want to talk about the finish, but talking about dumb Daniel, uh, dumb 10 year old Dan. But like, even when rock is going for the sharpshooter, I think he's doing the, like, I'm going to kick you in the groin spot, which he does a lot for a second. Uh-huh. Like, the split I mean, second. he's done it, like, okay. four times on this show, so. Yeah, so, like, the split second where I think that, and then he turns him in the sharpshooter, and Vince says the ring the bell, and it's just, like, 
I don't know. I don't know what you felt the moment, JR, but I remember I can put myself back at 10-year-old just, like, staring at the screen, not understanding. Despite it all yeah. making sense when you rewatch it or think about it, I did not get it at first. I was like, what? What? I mean, it's it's... I think that it's an all-time great finish that also has inspired and led to so many way worse inside baseball finishes, you know, <laughs> uh, where it's, it's, you know, like this is a, this is probably the first finish ever that specifically catered to people who remembered the previous year's show and everything that went down with that. Right. And like it, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's also helped a lot by all of the really great post-match stuff, like Foley's in-ring promo where he doesn't understand what's just gone on is so heartbreaking and perfect, you know? Um, like you really, really feel for Mick Foley. The Rocks promo is great. Austin coming out and, you know, just, you know, raising hell is so great. Um, I, I think everything from the time they go outside to the show going off the air is like everything you want about an Attitude Era show, you know? Like you, if you said about Mankind is so great because he's threading a needle even more than The Rock, I think, where he's he's some, he's a baby face. Why being a puppet of the heel and like he, I don't know, he comes off stupid, but like not so stupid that you don't feel sorry for him. Like yeah, somehow absolutely. I feel sorry for the corporate puppet. Like Mick is so good that he makes me feel sorry for him. Even though I, even though two minutes earlier, I wanted The Rock to win. Yeah, I, I'll say. I mean, I I think there's a lot of Attitude Era TV stuff that uh, doesn't age particularly well, and I'm not even talking about like you know weird, gross sex stuff or whatever. You know, but like there's just not a ton of compelling stuff there, but. The the Mick Foley Vince McMahon stuff leading up to all this with the hardcore title and like Mick clearly trying to treat Vince as like a father figure and Vince having zero time for him, but like seeing him as a clear tool, like all is, is super compelling, great TV, you know. Now, Sam, what did you think of this as someone who you don't have the nostalgia for this at all? So don't have any nostalgia for it. That said, like, hey, I really like this. Uh, I think the Montreal screw job stuff's a little, a little heavy-handed, um, mostly because we've been leading up to mentions of it throughout the show. It's not exactly a hidden Easter egg. Uh, this finish, Austin, uh, Jr. is calling for it before it happens. Um, and then they just do it. They just do the whole thing, like it's a whole rigmarole. But like, what if it's what if it's more planned slash what if this is a part of a story that we can tell with everyone involved? And I think that works. I think that by and large works, even if I like, again, do not care particularly about this period of wrestling from a just like personal. Hey, I would rarely probably go back and watch this, this wrestling. If I have all of the history of wrestling at my fingertips. Um, sure. But I am a big McFoley fan. And it's just lovely to see him just working his ass off to really kind of take this up a few notches. I know it does, does not work, in my opinion, with someone that just is going to put in half that effort um, to, to totally eat it. 
in this way uh, without coming off like a loser, without coming off as a big boss man. So <laughs> there we go. That's that's where I kind of land in. All right. All right. It's it's interesting. The real fast before we get to the awards section, like the the post match stuff, is a lot of times they would have just ended it with the bell ringing and like you know the rock holding the title, but we get the promos and the Austin finish. Like they give you, like they complete the one night story. Like if you watch this on its own, standalone, they kind of complete it for you right there, or at least enough. Yeah. I mean, I think that they were smart enough to realize that like a lot of the live audience wouldn't get it. Right. And so yeah. they wanted to have, uh, have that stuff going on. Um, I, uh, it, you know, fantasy booking brain and i know they sort of strung it out a little bit longer but if i wish in some ways that austin didn't come back and we got sort of like a full mick face turn with him you know beating somebody up or getting laid down you you know like in some ways i feel like that would have been an even more fun or better finish to the show but Yeah, I, I think that's really valid. I think that could have definitely kind of helped brought things to, to a little bit of a different place, frankly. But, um, yeah. All right, let's hop into it. We have our award section. We are going to start off. The, the, the awards is going to be a little feel a little different this episode, mostly because this tournament feels like it functions differently than most of the tournaments that myself and Dan review, where a lot of it is going to be on the match quality and stuff like that, but it feels like maybe this tournament will not quite line up in that way. Um, we'll start off with match match of the tournament. Uh, JR, what was your match of the tournament? Uh, it's probably the main. I, I don't think there's... Uh, and I'll say Shamrock Rock. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Dan, where you at? Uh, I went between the same two, and I went with the main event. I just, like I said, everything from the outside on is just too great. I'm with you. I'm with you. I landed on the main event. I just felt like, okay, culmination of the story as well as just a bit of a humdinger. A bit of a humdinger, which is what I'm here for. Wrestler of the tournament. Let's work backwards now. Dan. I had trouble with this one because I kind of wanted to say Shamrock just because I I like both his matches and Mankind has the Al Snow match, but I still end up going with Mankind. I think his work is just too good throughout the whole show. Uh, JR? I think it's The Rock pretty clearly. I think that he's, uh, he's good in every match. I think he plays his role really well. And I think that uh, even in matches where he's not the best worker like especially the foley match uh he's setting the pace in a really important way to make himself the focal point and i think he should have been the focal point throughout the whole night like it feels like his story he wrestles like he's the protagonist of it uh i'm going with the rock not to cut off sam before he says it but to me i before I watched the show, and as I was watching the show, I'm thinking it's going to be The Rock. It's that Taker match. It just felt too nothing for me to... Yeah, I mean, I'm higher on that than you, I think. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I actually think? think that that match is pretty good, and 
I think Taker's oh, okay. pretty good in it, so, you know. And then I did land on Mankind for my wrestler of the tournament. I just feel like the from the onset, from just a goofy guy in a big suit to the finals, he had his own arc here. And it is not the uh, of the leading man, but it is one that I think worked for me. I'm just kind of on every level there. So that is where we land here. And the ratings is where it's going to feel like a little bit differently um, because a lot of the tournaments we watch are built around, okay, good matches. Not not this term. That's not the basis. We've ca- talked about that as being kind of a culmination of, or not culmination, but maybe the peak of the Vince Russo booking or it's his idealized version of what wrestling could be in his vision, uh, which in many cases would not be an ideal situation. But for this, for Dan and I, when we talk about terms, we're looking for something that feels contained, something that, okay, we want something that can really function on its own uh, and tell its own kind of arc. And this gives us that throughout. Like that is what this is. The whole basis of this is not, is that from beginning to end, you're going to get a complete story from the beginning of the show to the end. From the theme song, which is very good. I can't believe we didn't talk about it once to the finish. I was really hoping that they would have played it like 500 times. And they only played it the one time. <laughs> they should have played it. Every, there should be a cut of this show where every time <laughs> they say it, they have to play the entire theme song from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, see, see, I agree, Sam. It is tough because, like, we are obviously huge wrestling nerds. Like, we have a wrestling podcast and, like, we talk about the matches. Like, I think if one of the highest, if not the highest rated tournament I have is, like, the Rings tournament, where obviously I'm only the matches are telling the story. I don't speak Russian or Japanese. And now I have, like, you know, this where I love this show. I'll go ahead and give my score. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. I think this is as good a show as you can have without a great match. I don't think there's a single great match on it, and I still love it. It works. Even the stupid stuff works for me for the most part. Like, I watched it in almost one sitting, which I can't do with a lot of wrestling nowadays. But, yeah. Well, what do you guys think? So the, the, the rating is for the entire show out of five? The entire tournament. We don't usually rate non-tournament matches. We go out of five. Uh, so okay. scrub a tag match. Open. And woman's tail match. Oh, your brain. oh okay. He's well, like, those oh, were easily. Die, but if I can't count Sable. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what are you going to do? No, what are you going to do? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I I see your point about it not being, uh, being as good a show as you can have without a great match. And I think that's a really valid point. Uh, and I will agree to that in principle. I guess that I'll say that maybe great matches are uh, less important to what this show is trying to do. And I think there are very few shows in wrestling history that are as successful as at what they're trying to do as this one is. Um, So with that in mind, four. Ooh, I love it. I'm a hater. Sam's about to give it a one. I gave it two. Yeah. I'm a, two. I'm, yeah. a big, I'm a big jerk. It, it, it's oh, just not what God. I I value in in turn. I want good matches. I'm a I'm a real rude boy like that. Uh, I just want the good professional wrestling. This didn't quite deliver that by and large. Um, and I feel like even the matches that 
you guys enjoyed. I just enjoyed less. Um, so that didn't, that certainly didn't help. And it wasn't the type of booking that gets me super engaged. I just, it, it doesn't appeal to me. So I feel like a real, a real downer here. Uh, but, you know, it is what it Sounds is. Sounds like your childhood sucks. Stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What the fuck's going on here? Fair enough. Yeah. Get out of here. I will say, I think I four is tied with the highest grade uh, tournaments been given in our illustrious history. I'm real excited. I, I wanted to go so high. Did I, did I, uh, uh, did I rate it like equal to what you guys say for like the best rings tournaments of all time? Well, you rated it higher than Sam's ever rated any tournament. Oh, that's amazing. That's very good. Uh, you okay. you tied with what I gave the 2011-16 carat. <laughs> that very ruled. similar tournaments when you really think about yeah, it. Yeah, they're just down. two peas in the pod. Yeah. I think Vince Russo booked them both. They're, they're calling Gwent for the next rock. They're here, here first. Um, well, there we go. That's a show. That's a wrap on this one. Jay, do you have any plugs? No, not really. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Bubble. Uh, Dan, do you have any plugs? I mean, the usual stuff. Uh, you know, follow me, Dan underscore Rice88 on Twitter. Uh, I've talked about it in past episodes. Uh, can they still buy people? Still buy Meth Lab Battle Arts, the zine? Yeah, absolutely. It's on my They, they should buy it. It's, yeah. it's maybe the best writing on wrestling I've ever read. I love it. Oh, that's really kind of you. Thank you. Um, no the yeah, I, I if for people who don't know, uh, I wrote a zine about Ian Rotten matches with Phil Schneider. Um, uh, if you most, nah, maybe not most, some half something like that of those reviews are on Sagudakaida. So if you want to go on Sagudakaida and and check out what it sort of looks like uh before you buy feel free um i uh i think my next zine is uh is gonna be um reviewing uh so there's a period of degrassi the next generation where a couple of the characters <laughs> have uh like a a sh- shoot fight club type gimmick going on and uh they're pretty good, so I'm. I think I'm going to review all of the shoot style matches from the Degrassi: The Next Generation seasons. Amazing. I have yeah. only experienced. I think I've most experienced Degrassi: Next Generation through the Pluto TV. Degrassi yeah, that's the station. best way. That's the best way to to experience it. I recently did a rewatch when it was on Tubi. That's what. That's how okay. I discovered the the shoot the shoot fighting. <laughs> Storyline. <laughs> yeah, it's great because of Pluto, it's drastically out of order. So <laughs> Drake's in a wheelchair, is out of a wheelchair, in a wheelchair, out of a wheelchair. Things are just happening constantly. Um, but all right, you can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN on Twitter. Go follow uh Quentin and Tim on Twitter at Q T R A R E. That is on Twitter. Give them a listen. They are phenomenal. Love them. Biased, but do not care. And JR, thank you for being on. And everyone, thank you for listening. Of course. Thanks for having me.